uh, with uh, my puppy, Mr. Rye. Mr. Rye. Say hi, Mr. Rye. Ruff, ruff. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, beautiful Friday here in uh, Chattanooga. Um, today, what are we talking about today, Caitlin? So, are we gonna, we've talked a lot about transportation, but it's just what we need to talk about because there's so much going on in the news about it. So, we're going to talk about Uber today um, because it's time and Lyft. If, if need be. Is that okay with you? Yeah, so what, what exactly? Well, there's a lot of drama with Uber. And um, so <laughs> as we know, they, they pulled out of uh, Austin along with Lyft, so there's no ride-sharing going on in there. Yep. And so, you know, the controversy is all around these fingerprinting requirements that yeah. are now in place in Austin. And so what are your thoughts, Santosh? Should Uber just... Suck it up, stop being a baby, and fingerprint their drivers to kind of calm the public down? Mm-hmm. Or should they stick to their guns and stay out of Austin in protest of the requirement? You know, I, it all comes down to, to background checks. And since Uber's inception, there have been all kinds of reports of misconduct from drivers. So I, I definitely get where the concern's coming from. But, you know, f- fingerprinting, you know my kind of view on it is that kind of adds another layer of friction and um, Uber's business model, the beauty of it is it's very easy to mobilize a workforce to make money and kind of grow themselves a a nice little share of income uh, by being an Uber driver. And that's where uh, the fingerprinting adds a, a layer of friction for somebody who's looking for a source of income, but also for Uber as an employer to actually be able to go out and uh, hire good drivers. And I, I do believe that you can do background checks uh, without fingerprints. I definitely get that it, it might add to the whole argument that, um, you know, should we 1099 or W-2 an employee? And that yeah. kind of also... So and the thought there is there is concern, or people assume that Uber thinks, okay, if we do these background checks then that is another layer we're requiring our contract workers to kind of to go through, which means they're that much closer to full-time or that much closer to employees rather than contract workers, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's, well, I mean, I've read a few articles from, you know, just various places, and while that doesn't seem to be something that would just be the defining, oh, well, you do fingerprinting, so you're definitely an employee. It just adds to that case against them, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming Uber really, really, really doesn't want that. My issue with it is, I think in this age of tech and on demand and everything coming, you, I want it now and I want it now, and we think we're solving all these problems by making everything faster and um, alleviating these certain pain points. Like, certain pain points exist because there's a good reason for it. Yep. If everything is always just so convenient and easy, you're over, you, you often overlook really crucial, important details like safety. And Mm -hmm. so I get, like, in terms of, yeah, their business model probably will suffer. And that driver who, you know, yeah, I want the convenience of just easily, quickly getting on the road as an Uber driver. I mean, is that something that we're really willing to say, well, just so it's a little bit faster, let's not go through the fingerprinting process? I don't know. You already get so many advantages of being an Uber driver um, and that you get to create your own hours. Yeah. That... Yeah, you probably should put in a little effort to show that you really want it. Like, if yeah, I want to be an Uber driver, I should actually have to prove that it's not something I'm just doing on a whim 
um, I'm committed enough that I'm willing to prove that I'm not, you know, a, an accused rapist, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, there's, there's definitely a valid point and, and also driving people around that brings a new kind of responsibility. Like, you know, there's different, uh, set a driver's license to operate a bus yeah. versus a truck and 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 maybe that's a, a way to fix it where you know regulation kind of catches up and says okay you know like for an extra um 10 bucks we'll issue this new type of driver's license that maybe also encompasses a background check i think people need to remember that like any big business there are going to be instances where people are unhappy there are things that are done incorrectly or wrong, and um, Uber needs to prove that they're dealing with that in, in a sensible way, but it, that's never going to go away. Right. Um, and, you know, banks, you know, if you process a million uh, wires a day, you're going to say that there's some small percent of that is fraud, and it's as much as you try to prevent it, prevent, prevent it, there's always going to be something mm -hmm. that, that gets through the lines, and I still think um, you're going to see that with Uber, and even if every Uber driver that uh, gets hired goes through a clear background check, uh, background checks are not everything, too. No. So maybe you rework it and you say, you do need a city manager. I, I don't know what the process is. I don't know if they get interviewed, but maybe you need to have some lengthier interview process. They don't get interviewed by in person. I think it's... Um, all I'm, digital. It's all digital, and the background check runs back seven years, and it's just referencing where you've lived and then you have to I think use your photo ID and, mm -hmm. I think, uh, and maybe I'm not exactly correct um, one thing I keep hearing argued is that you know they're safer than taxi well, okay taxis are going to argue that they're safer than Uber yeah um, because they most of them if not all of them require these uh, fingerprinting background checks and then Uber comes back and says well actually a lot of these taxi drivers who applied for Uber drivers failed our background checks mm -hmm. so are you really that safe and I mean the problem is there's not enough data to support either like they're just, <laughs> just saying shit at this point here's one thing I'll say where I can almost definitively say that Uber is more safe than any of these yellow cab mm -hmm. companies is that uh, if if somebody if a driver punched me I can walk out, drag myself yeah. out, and know exactly who it was, where it happened, sure. what route it was, and report that driver, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you're using some of these aftermarket technologies that call a yellow cab, you can't do that. That's true. One thing I will say is with the advent of ride sharing, I have taken more Ubers than I've taken taxis yeah. in my life, yeah. and taxis have been around a lot longer. So I think as we move less and less, or as we've talked about, we move further away from everyone owning a car and we kind of move towards a ride-sharing economy, mm -hmm. then you should, there should be more responsibility on ride-sharing companies to have really safe practices because more people are depending on them. Sure. Just a sheer volume, there's more opportunity for there to be fuck-ups. So they need to be that much more diligent. I think, than even taxis. And, and I think also what we're seeing is uh, if background checks are so integral in the on-demand sharing economy, um, mobilizing uh, an on-demand labor force and kind of freelancers, all that, the cost of background checks need to go down. And, you know, yeah. I've peeled the onion back as to kind of where the expenses lie. And it, it's just, you know, you're paying $20 for somebody at you know, some government facility to pull a record. And mm -hmm. it's like, does that really cost $20? There's an opportunity there. there and, and there's an opportunity there. And, and, and that's where, you know, we move into regulation. Um, is that necessary evil where as much as it can be a pain in the ass and can seem onerous, 
Um, it, it at some point keeps consumers safe. Mm -hmm. uh, it uh, keeps business practices sane, um, ethical, legal. And on the flip side, you know that that might be a lot of friction and costs associated with that. But there's also regulation opening up opportunity. And uh, if we shift to the logistics side of things, um, you know we'll see that uh, you know Food and Safety Modernization Act. Um, there's you know certain uh, audit requirements where uh, you need to keep a record of all food. Uh, that's been shipped, how it's been shipped, shipped where it's been, and have details around the environment it's been through. And that's very much uh, on the horizon and coming. Uh, the DOT has kind of pushing regulation through uh, around uh, driver logs on tractor trailers. And you know, drivers on the road can only drive 11 hours, but how do you keep check? Uh, right now it's still pen and paper largely, so that doesn't make sense at all. And um, frankly, how do you keep everybody safe on the road? There's some digital solution to be had. There, there's opportunities to be had, but um, there, there's good and bad with everything. Mm -hmm. and it depends on the side of the table you, you sit on. But um, Okay, is there anything else you want to touch on? No, I think uh, I think that's good. Uh, looks like Mr. I uh, ended up taking a nap oh, through our regulatory uh, discussion oh, here. That's but, not a good sign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you don't fall asleep. <laughs> Um, but if you do, let us know on our Twitter at This Is Dynamo. Is this boring? What do you want to hear us talk about? We want to know. Um, okay, cool. Well, have a great weekend. We'll be back Wednesday with Dynamo Discussions. Thanks.